are the gentlemen advancing the melanin evolution. Well, folks, welcome to another splendid edition of the Game Recognized Game Podcast with RLJ and Kev. I'm KEV, and that's RLJ, and we are the gentlemen advancing the melanin evolution. Well, evolution is revolution. And uh, a lot has happened over the last week or so, man. Uh, first of all, how you been, RLJ? You been all right? Man, slow motion is still motion. I keep telling myself that, man. Slow motion is still motion. Um, uh, a few setbacks with some of the things that I'm working on, um, but, you know, we, we still moving forward. So, um, as the old folks used to say, I'm, I'm still among the land of the living, so all is well, and I won't complain. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, I think this past week has been a week of stumbling forward for me as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the last the last time we are well, the last time we connected, you know, we, we recorded face to face. And so we're actually trying out um, the virtual environment today. And so I'm posted up in the game cave and you are in your lab cooking up uh, this episode as we speak. And so um, last time we talked. I had a house full of people um, over. My son got baptized, and so I was happy about that. Absolutely. And then the week started, RLJ. The week started. And uh, Monday, whooped my ass. Tuesday, stomped me out. Wednesday, uh, tried to bury me. Thursday was like taking out the trash, and I made it to Friday. So I'm happy about that. We're now in the weekend. Uh, my bracket suffered. None of the teams that I picked to make the Final Four made the Final Four. And um, so I'm, I'm dealing with that. And then just trying to figure out uh, how to start off and kick off the week in a uh, momentous uh, way so that I can uh, be thriving instead of just thriving and stumbling forward. And so I am excited to be here for another edition. Um, last episode, we really talked about um, toxic masculinity Mm-hmm. And what that meant and how that played a role in uh, black culture, black male culture, and um, how to identify it and how to uh, really solve it. Um, to kind of give everybody a recap of what we discussed, uh, can you kick off with the definition and then we'll go from there? Absolutely. Uh, Toxic masculinity is a narrow and repressive description of manhood, designating manhood as defined by violence, sex, status, and aggression. It's the cultural ideas of manliness where strength is everything while emotions are considered to be a weakness. Where sex and brutality are yardsticks by which men are measured while supposedly feminine traits, which can range from emotional vulnerability to simply not being hypersexual are the means by which your status as man can be taken away. And I, I would say, um, I would say, Brother Jay, that has, uh, the episode was kind of eerie um, because the very next day or so after we met, um, we had the demise of a, of a young brother in the uh, hip hop game by the name of Nipsey Hussle. Um, Nipsey Hussle had been out in the rap game for quite some time. Um, I never was like a super fan. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely appreciated his hustle. <laughs> no point intended with his name. I, I appreciated his hustle 
and he was on the independent track um, as far as producing and selling his music okay. for some time. And I always admired the fact that he was a young man that had a strong sense of purpose, um, a strong sense of business, and um, really wanted to do, do great things and give back to his community of South Central Los Angeles. Ermius um, Amagdan uh, passed away by um, gun violence, by way of gun violence. Um, and I think it's not only rocked the uh, hip hop community and the black community, but I think it's also rocked the country to see someone who is this prominent figure, um, Grammy nominated, uh, white folks <laughs> upset by, by his demise and his death. And I think that that's powerful because he had an impact on so many different lives and he really not, he never, he, he won't get the chance to um, see all of his hard work come to fruition. Right. And it kind of hurt because uh, though I didn't know him, uh, I, I did get a chance to listen to um, his last album, um, Victory Lap, which was a Grammy nominated piece of work. And the brother had skills, man, but I, I, I think I give him more credit for his business acumen and what he wanted to do um, in the community, his marathon clothing store um, in South Central Los Angeles, mm -hmm. that he started up a STEM program for the young brothers and sisters in his community and recognizing the value of education and pushing and promoting uh, STEM to uh, kids that normally would not have that level of exposure. Um, every interview that I've seen him, he's always talked about uh, things that are positive, uplifting the community, um, the importance of uh, black business, the importance of uh, ownership, the importance of lifting while you climb and bringing people along. And so uh, to die at the age of 33 with a, a beautiful uh, woman and, and family, um, I, it's sad, man. And, I, and from the reports that I've seen, allegedly he was killed by someone that was in his circle uh, over misunderstandings of what we deem uh, as disrespect. Mm -hmm. And I think toxic masculinity is really based on this kind of idea and concept of, oh, you disrespected me, so now I, gotta, I have to one-up you in some kind of way. And sometimes that may cost someone their life. And I, I just think it's sad, man. It's not the first time that a, a tall bronze brother with hair of wool uh, was killed off for 30 pieces of silver. You know? mm. That's not the first time that this has happened. Um, it probably won't be the last time, but I, I'm kind of upset that um, there's always one of us who has made significant advancement in their professional life to die over nonsense. Right. And, and um, we need to be able to communicate. We need to be able to show love. We need to be able to um, have disagreements and work through conflict without someone um, being killed. And uh, this concept of, of toxic masculinity and uh, what we discussed last episode, uh, 
we got to stop it some form of fashion, man, because the only only people that are suffering is, is us. Yeah, I, w- I was following it, and I'll echo your sentiments where I haven't been a diehard <clears throat> Nipsey Hussle fan, right? And so yeah. um, definitely followed the work that he was doing within the community, how he was buying the block and how he was adding, adding value. Mm-hmm how he was able to unite individuals from different sides, different different cliques, different crews, how everyone was aware of his impact. Um, I, however, was a fan of his last album. So I yeah. definitely got a chance to listen to <clears throat> Um I was, I think I was more mournful for the fact that the the shooting took place over a misunderstanding or at even more so i was upset that that was the only resolution that the brother felt was available yeah was to take his life yeah um and you know going back to the conversations that we had on the show but also in in just general conversations about how, um, you know, brothers don't fight anymore. I remember back, you know, in school, you would get into a fight and you would squash it. It may mm-hmm. take a couple of days, but, yeah. you know, everybody was running in the same circle and everything was cool. Now, like, nowadays, that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. And and, it's, and this is somewhat, you know, hell, man, I, I I got in my share of fist fights as a kid. <laughs> as a kid, you know, um, and... It would be over. It would be over a football game. It would be over uh, a basketball game. It would right. be over um, a, a plan, an episode of Plan the Dozens. Right. <laughs> you know, right. oh, he said far. the wrong. It went too far, <laughs> and you 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 squared up and you threw hands. And then I'm not saying that's the the right thing to do, but that's what we knew. But nobody died over it, man. Right, right. Like the fight will happen. It'll be a squash. Y'all will still be talking shit when you walk separate ways. But yeah. ultimately, at the end of the day, like like he said on Friday, he said, "You live, you live to see another day." Absolutely. And that whole like the that that is that's gone, and you can you can tell. Um, you, you can just tell it's it's just the generation that's after us. It's it's real different. It's hmm. real different. Now I'm not saying that. Um, it's a bad different. I'm just saying that it's different in terms of how they handle frustrations, disagreements, and anger. It's it's completely different versus yeah. having a conversation and then finding out what the misunderstanding is versus I'm going to just take his life and, and, and then the problem's going to be over. Yeah, man. I, um, I'm, I'm bothered by the whole ordeal the fact that it was recorded through the surveillance camera, um, the fact that watching the video, um, he shot the brother and then went back to shoot him again and kicked him in the head after he had already shot him. Right. And to me, um, that is very, very, devious way of just looking at life, man. Um, and I just, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm at a loss for words because we don't value life. We don't value life, man. We don't value life. And all of the dumb shit that's going on today, whether we're looking at politics or religion or the, the health sufferings that we have as a community, um, mental health and physical health, uh, broken homes, et cetera, um, you know, we still have enough energy to kill ourselves so much so that I shoot you twice. That wasn't enough. I'm going to come back and shoot you again. We just, you know, we, we just have this uh, very, very um, odd look on the value of life. And for someone so prominent to lose their life like that, people also lose their lives on a daily basis, then you don't know their names. You know, they don't have rap albums. They don't um, have stores. They're, they're not business owners. And they're losing their lives over the same thing. Right. And so my hope is with, with our show is like we mentioned um, a, a few editions ago, man, we just want to give people um, the toolkit that they need to address conflict, to work through mental health, to work through a lot of the challenges that we as brothers face on a daily basis. And I can tell you one thing, man, uh, taking someone's life, nothing is worth it. Nothing is worth it I, 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 unless someone is breaking into your home and, and trying to attack your family. Um, I just don't see the point, man. No, no street beef. No street beef or argument is worth dying over. Right. And and going back to um, you know that sense, like we talked about power, um, toxic masculinity is a chronic disease. And it's, yeah. and it's chronic because it's, in a sense, it's hereditary. Mm -hmm. Like you, the younger ones are inheriting it from the ones who have come before them because they're seeing how this is what a man's supposed to do or this is how a man is supposed to handle business or if somebody disrespects you, somebody takes your toy. Even as a kid, right? I'm seeing it now. Someone takes your, takes your toy, right? It's like, we're not necessarily telling the kids to share. Um, it's you take it back and then you hit them. It's not just yeah. getting the toy back. It's like you got to one up them. Yeah. And then that keeps getting conditioned. So nature versus nurture. And, and so now when you get to a certain age, if somebody takes something that belongs to you, if somebody takes your respect, then you go back and get it. But not only do you go back and get it, you remind them that they're not supposed to do it again, or you make it so they don't they don't ever do that again to you. They went there, they went there to try. Yeah. Yeah. And so now it's like instead of having a conversation or instead of having a teachable moment, not only am I gonna teach you, but I'm gonna leave a scar on you so you can always remember this day, this moment. Something as simple as maybe not being acknowledged in the presence of other people. Mm -hmm. And it gets snowballed into something that they can't even control. And the sad part is, I don't even think the individuals who are committing these heinous acts, I don't even think they're understanding or they, they can wrap their mind around the magnitude of their actions. Like, yeah. I'm not just taking someone's life because they disrespected me or they did something they wasn't supposed to do. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm taking a father away from their children. I'm taking a husband or a partner away from their spouse. I'm taking away a son from their mother or father. 
yeah. a brother from their sister. Like I'm, I've taken away something that belongs to so many people and I'm not, I'm not taking that into consideration because my target, I'm, I have a one track mind right now. You disrespect mm-hmm. me. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to make sure you don't disrespect me ever again. And you know why, you know, what's wild, man. I'm, I, you, you gave an analogy of what you just described as far as you're taking a person away from so many different people that love and care for that person. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, being, you know, this is 10, 12 years ago and being in a nightclub, uh, Washington, DC. And a couple guys got into it as the club was letting out for the evening. And I don't know what it was over necessarily, but they they got to uh, a pushing altercation and then other people kind of stepped in and intervened. And I remember the one guy saying, you keep it up and I'll make sure that your mama's planning your funeral next week and it's going to be an inconvenience to your whole family. Wow. It, I remember it. I remember. I remember the, the comment um, like it was yesterday, because it was. It was. It, it was a. It was. It was movie worthy. <laughs> it was movie worthy. But I'm just like, wow. W- what kind of rage goes on, and, and what kind of rage boils within a person to say, "I'll kill you," and the people that care about you are going to be inconvenienced by your death. Right. And I really think that in the case of, uh, of Nipsey and the case of a lot of brothers that just died from senseless crimes, um, I don't even think that question is asked before an act is carried out. And one piece that I don't believe we really got to in that episode, um, in that edition, when we talked about toxic masculinity, was how can we take steps forward to eliminate it, prevent it, to give our community other avenues to work through it? Because it's so ingrained, and like you mentioned, it's a a disease, but it's also um, something that's passed on from generation to generation. Um, what can we do to stop it? What can we do to at least um, curve it to the point where somebody's not going to lose their life because we had a disagreement, probably about something that doesn't count at the end of the day. And when you really think about it, in hindsight, all the fights that we got into as kids, right, or the fights that we saw in high school, junior high, middle school, whatever you went, most of the stuff wasn't really worth it after it happened. Man, I can remember blowing up as a young adult, you know, 1920, and most of the crap that I blew up over was over silly stuff. And it, it was over, it was over... It could have been over. It was over embarrassment. It was over um, pride. It was over ego. Uh, but the my feelings at those particular times, um, the incident should not have warranted the feelings that I had 
right at that time and it's it's you know we we see this with the work that we're doing but you're not you're not able to fully let me say it this way as an adult you are emotionally illiterate until the age of 20 22 mm -hmm. right you you haven't developed into the like your brain hasn't developed or as my grandmother used to say you ain't lived long enough yeah to be able to understand and fully process the magnitude of yours and the emotions of others you, yeah you just haven't you don't you haven't had that exposure now and that's not saying you haven't been through a lot you haven't seen a lot but you still haven't got to the part where your brain has developed for you to fully understand the magnitude of our emotions and so if we can't understand the emotions then the responses that we make that are irrational they won't seem irrational at the moment because we don't have this this center we don't have this this area where we can go to and and be be whole with we, we we don't have it yet and so it's it's tough when you are witnessing in the work that we do as individuals it's tough when we are seeing young brothers who aren't able to fully describe why they are upset or why they feel like this is the only solution yeah yeah all right and i and i talk to a lot of the young students um i have the young ones in my family upset and they just they just like i just want to hit them okay why why do you want to hit them mm -hmm. no i just do and so they don't really they don't really know why they want to just resort to violence or get physical they they don't know it's, it's just what they feel and no one is having these conversations so that we can talk about we as black men can talk about we as black boys can talk about what we what we are experiencing yeah because it wasn't done to us. And so we have this sense of, if I start talking about feelings with my son or feelings with a young boy, or if we start talking about emotions, that's gonna make him soft. That's gonna make him not be seen as a man. That's, that's gonna take away some of his power. Yeah. When really that's gonna equip him to handle some of the shit that he's gonna have to deal with when he gets to the age of the man that's supposed to be teaching him how to do stuff. And I'll I'll, I'll give you um, <laughs> a peek behind the Kev curtain, RLJ. Um, and once again, this is a Game Recognized Game podcast uh, with RLJ and Kev, and we are kind of having a follow-up conversation about toxic masculinity. Um, in the wake of the death, death of Nipsey Hussle. And Brother Jay, I'm telling you, uh, my son posed a question to his mother about a week ago, week mm -hmm. and a half ago, week and a half ago. And he asked her, will my dad not love me because you all don't get along sometimes? Wow. And Oh, it was cold because one, that he was th that emotionally astute to understand that things were going on between me and his mom. Um, 
And you know, when you think about marriages that have dissolved, you know, there's always collateral damage. Right. And he didn't frame the question like, oh, my dad doesn't love me. He asked, was it possible for him not to love me because he's beefing with you or you're beefing with him? Right. And that kind of sparked a emotion in me that, one, I'm glad he can communicate it, but as a father of a young black boy, how often do he and I need to have emotionally charged conversations so that we can work through it? Because he's seeing conflict, but he's not directly involved in the conflict. He knows the conflict can uh, impact him in some form or fashion. Right. But what is it that I need to do um, to kind of start having those conversations with him to let him know that um, as we get older, as men, we are going to be in situations where we are going to be emotionally vulnerable and we still have to put out love and a, a level of energy that's a value and not a detriment. And that's tough. That's a tough, I don't think there is a right answer, right? Because everyone grows and matures and develops at a different rate. How old is your son? He'll be nine in July. Nine. Yeah. That's a, that, that's a, that's a pretty, yeah. that's a pretty astute position to have or a keen observation to have. Like, yo, all this other stuff is going on around me. How will I be affected? How will I be impacted? I just need to know. It's kind of like I need to prepare myself so like, or maybe if I know y'all are upset to make sure that nothing happens to how I'm being treated, maybe there's something that I can do. Yeah, yeah. Or, and so you don't really uh, you don't really know where he was coming from. And so like definitely continue to have those conversations. But I, I think now would be a good time because evidently he's observing, right? He can uh, He can understand or he can see. Um, and I was having a conversation with someone the other day and children can pick up on energy and vibes better than adults. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Going back to infants, if somebody got bad energy or a vibe and they go to pick up a baby and the baby is just sitting there chilling, sleep, the baby will scream their head off because the energy doesn't match them. Mm -hmm. And so they're able to see things that we maybe try to hide or, they can they can sense it faster. I was watching This Is Us, and the children were able to see that um, their parents weren't getting along. Yeah. Even when they were putting on this fake conversation. And so I think it's now would probably be a good time for you to be real intentional and have those conversations about what happens when people have a disagreement. Yeah. And just because we're not getting along on Monday at four o'clock don't mean at 6 p.m. we can't all go sit down and have dinner together and be cordial. Yeah. That a disagreement can be a 15-second disagreement. It could be uh, we disagree on one fact, and it may take us five minutes. It may take us five hours. It might even take us five days to get over it. But then helping, help, like helping your son to like dissect, here's why it sometimes takes so long for us to get over it. And then going back to what society has said determines masculinity. My pride is in the way. Um, in this moment, 
um, I was overpowered in the conversation. Yeah. Or no, or no one was listening to me, and so I didn't feel valued, and so I had to assert myself. I had to, you know, I had to talk louder, so it looks like I'm saying what I needed to say, even though I'm not mm-hmm. saying anything at all. It's it's that's tough, man. It's it's tough. Um, but I do think I do think by having conversations or checking in, just having normal conversation, and and then digging deeper when you have normal conversations. If there was oh, he had a bad day at school or my daughter had a bad day at school. Why did they have a bad day at school? What does a bad day even look like to a nine-year-old? And then when they yeah. tell you what a bad day means, you'd be like, whew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I could have a bad day like you compared to the bad days that I'm having. I'm telling you, man, because uh, RLJ, my, my bad days these days. <laughs> Listen. Goodness, man. If I could, if I could go back to uh, elementary school and eat that raggedy pizza and ass <laughs> chicken nuggets. Those were good days, man. <laughs> with, the, with the fruit cups or the, with uh, the fruit the cups, man. The frozen uh, sherbet joints. Yeah, man. Remember, remember the big cookies and people was getting E. coli and salmonella because they won't bake all the way. Those big cookies, those soft big cookies were good, man. Those days, things were things were so simple then, man. Listen, I and and I laugh because I'm thinking about, you know, working working on a college campus or working with young adults, like just listening to some of the things that they think is gonna ruin their life or that mm-hmm. my life is over because of X, Y, and Z. I'm sitting here thinking like, <laughs> that's a paper cut compared to what you're gonna have to deal with when you get a little older. Yeah, but then that goes back to people not preparing them to cope with what they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. I get a, if I get a paper cut, you know, a, a paper cut is real small, but it has mighty effect. Especially if you get a paper cut in a real inconvenient position. Oh yeah. Right. And I don't, I don't, I, if I'm not taught to oh, avoid lemon juice or alcohol or anything that, that has acid that will probably burn it. Like, if I'm not given a heads up, if I'm not placed through a process of prior proper preparation, then when I get this paper cut, I'm going to allow the paper cut to be bigger than what it needs to be. And and now I can't function on what I need to function because I'm focused on this small paper cut because no one has had a conversation with me on how, how do I cope when things don't go the way I think they should go. Or when I when I get cut, when I when I when I have to go through something and it's painful, how how do I keep going? How do I respond to this? Do I shut down? Do I resort to violence because anybody and everybody can get it on this day? Like no one is having these conversations. And so then when they get to us, oh, I didn't turn this in, my life is over. So now I gotta get you off the cliff, calm you down. And, and then help you to see where you had a misstep and then have to start doing not. And a lot of our work is not necessarily coaching, right? A lot of this stuff is parenting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I find myself, I'm not a parent, but I find myself doing parenting. So I'm having conversations to help them be better individuals. And I'm thinking, wow, you ain't learning this at your house. They, they don't do this in your house. Hey man, it's true. I, I, I was working with, um, one of my students at one point, and she was upset. I'm like, okay, well, why are you upset? Well, I have negative 
I have negative $3 in my bank account and um, some kind of bill was due or another. And I said, well, when, when do you get paid? I get paid uh, next week. All right. And so why are you upset, ready to give up, give up everything that you worked so hard for in this very moment? And her response was, what's the point? I have negative $3 in my bank account. Mm. And mind you, I, uh, I'm broke and I don't give money to nobody. <laughs> <laughs> and so I pulled out a $10 bill. I put it in her hand. And I said, wow, you're now you now you up plus seven dollars in a span of 30 seconds. What's the problem? And she bawled harder. And I really think that with a lot of our young people, and hell, even adults and peers, um, this concept of being able to deal with adversity uh-huh. is very foreign. And it's very foreign. And um uh I'm excited about uh, T.D. Jakes, his new book, The Crushing. Of the Grapes. Yeah, Crushing of the Grapes. It's coming out, I think, uh, by the time we record our next next show or the next show or two, it'll be out. Mm-hmm. And, and this concept that you have a seed, and in order for the seed to bear fruit, it has to be buried. Mm. And it has to be covered. And it has to be uh, watered and nurtured but it has to be in an uncomfortable situation right. to eventually bear fruit. And I think that the days that we're living in right now, people don't want to be uncomfortable even when it's forced on them. And so full disclosure, Kev, once again, um, at a young age, my life was very uncomfortable. You know, dealing with the death of my grandmother, and watching her uh, have both of her legs amputated and me having to pitch in around the home um, to help her, you know, fulfill household duties and things like that. Um, and then her passing away at 47 years old. Wow. Uh, the year before that, my best friend in the whole world, uh, RIP to Tony, um, passing away at 10. Uh, because he went into a diabetic coma. Family didn't know he had diabetes. Mm -hmm. And so people that were very, very close to me at a young age were gone all of a sudden. And me having to really deal with my own emotions without a lot of the proper guidance. And so I think when you talk about being free and open to have these conversations, to help people work through um, these challenges are very important. But at the same time, um, what can someone do in the moment when they feel that they've been devalued? We're not going to say they feel like like they feel like they've been disrespected or treated less of a man. We're going to say we, we they feel like they have been devalued as a human being. What are some tools that they could leverage in order to avoid either killing someone or getting killed? The first, the first thing that I would say is pause. And my mentor told me this years ago. He's like, there's power in the pause. Now, what you do with that pause is completely up to you. And that will determine the outcome, right? So if you are a praying person, you can pray when you pause. Mm-hmm. 
if you feel like you you're getting angry and you start to go through all these body changes you can start breathing harder in the fall if you um, are a thinker you, maybe you can backtrack and you know recalculate your steps and see that was there something that I did in this moment I can I can think back in retrospect in the pause or in that moment I can I can figure out what my next step is going to be and I can weigh my outcomes like if I slap this person in their face that's an assault charge and if I you know get an assault charge today I'm going to miss my job interview um, later on this afternoon because um, that's going to take up some work. Then I'm going to have to go to court for certain things that they press charges. And like, there's mm -hmm. so many things that's going to result from this. Or do I recognize that they feel um, powerful to the point where they try to dehumanize me or devalue me? Do I point out the fact that they don't have the ability to take anything from me because they didn't give anything to me? Or do I do I just respond with the way that I'm used to responding? And so I think a lot of times we don't take that extra three seconds, that extra five seconds to figure out, do I really want to punch this fill in the blank with whatever you want this person to be? Yeah. Face, do I, do I really want to? And after I punch them, what, what, what's going to happen after I punch them? Do, yeah. do I follow through with another? Like, do I pause the conversation and backtrack and have this, yeah. their verbiage, like there's so many things that can happen, but we're not pausing. We are instantly responding in a way that we have been coached or conditioned to by our environments. Do you think, do you think the instant access to information and the ability to respond in this day and time affects those kinds of decisions? You know, the fact that you can post a comment on Twitter instantaneously and the world can see it. The fact that uh, you can record a video on Instagram in real time so that people can see something and then react negatively or positively. I do. I think that because of the instant access and what I'm, what I'm seeing, and I don't know, this isn't just a generational thing and like in terms of age, I will say it's a generational thing in terms of access. So everyone mm -hmm. that has access to social media um, or technology, everyone that is utilizing it to the point where if I'm upset with you, instead of me telling you, I'm going to put it on my social network. And what's going to happen is I'm going to post it and everyone is going to validate me because they're my friends that I'm connected to. Got it. Right, so they're gonna tell me that I'm right. So there's my sense of power, that mm -hmm. my environment is gonna fuel my thinking. I'm not gonna say nothing to you. So Kevin, if you piss me off today, I'm gonna to talk trash on my social media. I'm gonna post about you. Hell, I might even tag you. That's still yeah. passive because I can just come over to your house or I can call you and we can have a conversation. And then you can be like, yo, that was, that was not my intention. My apologies. Yeah. But a lot of times we don't even present the opportunity for people to have that conversation and to apologize for their actions. We don't even present it. If I don't know I hurt your feelings, will I apologize? If I'm 
if I'm unaware that you were your feelings were hurt or that I have offended you or that my actions have negatively impacted or affected you. And I won't know that if we're not having communication, but if I find out from a mutual friend or for somebody that knows you're mad that but is also um, you know, in the know with me, so now I got a problem, right? Like now I'm I'm looking at you different because you wouldn't even come to me and tell me this. But I'm I'm on social media, right? I'm on Snap, I'm I'm on Instagram mm-hmm. and I'm posting these live videos and I'm getting all these people to give me give me pats on the back. I'm giving all these all these people is adding fuel to the fire and they don't even know the context of the situation. People are sharing it, people are reposting it and maybe starting to put it on your wall. Yeah. Right. And and it's because of this instant access, we have we have this false sense of power. Like the other day when was the Instagram was shut down for a couple hours. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Bro, people were losing their shit. You want to know why? Yeah. That's, that's where their self-esteem was. Yeah. That's where their validation was. That's where they were seen as you know powerful on social media because I got four point six k followers. Yeah. I can't interact with these people who have never seen me, but they ride or die for me on social media. They. I'm having a moment and I need validation from that 4.6 K and none of them can provide me anything because my posts won't go through. I'm not able to have conversations with people in my room, but my posts won't go through. And so I think that also creates an issue because we have this popcorn culture, right? We, Mm -hmm. we throw it in the microwave and we want it to be done within Three minutes. Back. So we don't. So we don't want to take the time to pause, breathe, and think about the impact of our decision. No, never that. I mean, think about it. I can remember before we had a microwave in my house. Me too, man. Right? Hey, was- I never, I never want you to throw shade at me. Got <laughs> a few years on you, because if your ass can remember a time you didn't have a microwave in your house. Damn it, you old as me. You old as me. I don't care what you say. Oh no, no, no. no. <laughs> I, got a, I got a few more years to run these streets. Before, oh my god. This guy, on your level. <laughs> this guy. Fa- Father Time waits for no man, RLJ. Father Time waits for that's, no man. Because that's right. because if you can remember, if you can remember a household with no microwave, then you can remember that big ass fork and spoon in your mama or grandmama's kitchen. Oh, yeah. Remember that? <laughs> Use old, use old, use old, man. Use old. <laughs> That's why you're laughing. That big ass fork and spoon probably in your garage. So. <laughs> or the wicker chair, you know, those mm-hmm. big wicker chairs. That they- <laughs> Everybody wanted to be Huey P. Newton, man. <laughs> so, but like going back to the microwave situation, like when my grandmother would warm up food, food was put in the oven or it was warmed up on the stove. And it, you couldn't just say, oh, it'd be ready in five minutes. It was a yeah. process to warm up the food from the previous day. Yeah. And like thinking about it now, if I just want to warm up something that I ate last night, I can put it in the microwave, hit a couple seconds on it and go out, do what I need to do, run the rest of the house. As soon as I hear it go all, food is done. Yeah. And and that's how this generation is. They want what they want, when they want it, where they want it, how they want it. Like there is no, there's no waiting process. There, there's no waiting. And we talked about 
um, we talked about, you know, the pledging process, how you, 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 you didn't just sign up and then all of a sudden you was in. Yeah. There was a process because you had to learn some stuff. Yeah. And the generation now doesn't want to learn anything. I remember when I needed to do a research paper um, and I'm, I'm aging myself again, but you know, we had to utilize, we had to utilize the card catalog. Hey man, the Dewey Decimal System. The Dewey Decimal System was Just our saying, thing. 80s babies, baby, 80s babies, <laughs> all day. Like, all day, and, that's, and that's how we did our research. Now it was just like, hey Siri, look up mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z, and you have it right then and there. And so this generation doesn't understand delayed gratitude. Right? De delayed gratification, sorry. They don't yeah. understand delayed gratification. Yeah. And they don't like to wait. If you can wait, and so when we when we take a step back to kind of pause and not trying to obtain an instant result or instant gratification, um, what else can we do to circumvent experiences that will be detrimental to our futures? I think. Um... A, a good example, uh, a former student hit me up. I posted something on social media and they took a screenshot and sent it to me. They was like, yo, this was real timely. And so I checked in, you know, doing my normal check-in. I haven't talked to the student in months. Mm -hmm. um, and when we did have a conversation, it was, I think it was around some holiday. And it was like, you know, the normal holiday greetings, all that good stuff, hope all is well, but there was no elaborative conversation. And so when I started, checking in on the student and actually checking in with the student to find out what all that message meant. I found out that the student felt like he couldn't talk to anyone about anything that he was dealing with, didn't know who he could talk to, didn't know what he should talk about, didn't know why he was feeling what he was feeling, but he was mm -hmm. recognizing all this pressure that he was under. Something as simple as, um, being on time for class. He's in a PhD program. And he's like, I have all of this pressure riding me on making sure I get everything turned in on time. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he's like, I'm dealing with, you know, not being around my family. I'm dealing with being in a place where um, everyone's speaking a different language than my native language. And so I, I have to deal with all of this stuff. And I'm to the point now where I, I don't know how to. But the point was he he didn't or he felt like he didn't have anyone around him to have these conversations with. And I think one of the biggest things that this generation is not doing, no, let me not even just say generation. I'll just say the people of today, different mm -hmm. ages. They're not having conversations with people. Yeah. Right? Or Or they feel that they can handle stuff by themselves. Gotcha. And my mentor, one of my mentors had a quote on his door, his office door and said, you can't solve a problem with the same level of intelligence that created it. And so if, the, if, if you are unable, like if you created this problem or you recognize a problem, you're, you're going to have to look at it from a different angle so that you mm -hmm. can solve it and do something different. Absolutely. Right. And yeah. I was, I was watching uh, one of my friends 
their their son was playing playing with one of his toys and he he broke it. He didn't know he broke it. He just realized that it didn't do what it normally does. And he couldn't figure it out until the point where he got mad and just threw it. Mm-hmm. So I walked over to him and I was asking him what's wrong. And he looked at me like, bro, we're we not finna have a conversation right now. My toy is not working. He couldn't communicate what was wrong. Yeah. He just kept pointing. And it was something as simple as twisting one side and putting it back together. But because he's never seen it be twisted before and never saw that it could be put back together, he didn't know how to fix it. And I think that's a lot of the issues with a lot of people today. Yeah. Because we, we've never seen anyone handle a situation like this. Not to mention, within the Black community, a lot of the problems that individuals face, they don't tell others that they're facing hmm. like we don't we don't have a conversation like oh i'm struggling like for instance that one student probably yeah. it probably took them uh, it took a lot for them to tell you that they had negative three dollars in their checking account yeah yeah because it's like no i'm not i'm not gonna tell people that i don't need people knowing my business but really you can't get help if you're not telling people where you need help in like you can't like I can't come and save you if you don't tell me where you are. Yeah. And I and we need to start having conversations with people. And for people who are able to cope and do you know, navigate this thing we call life, then it's your responsibility to start checking on people. I saw a post where it says, yo, check on your strong friend and check on that friend that's always seeming like they have it together because chances are your strong friend ain't as strong as what they really are yeah but we we if they look like they're good then we just think we label them as good but we're not we're not having conversations we're not checking in and we're not being intentional about how we're checking in with people right like if 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 i don't have time to have a full-fledged conversation with you kevin for example Mm -hmm. i'm gonna hit you with yo you good yeah, yeah, and, yeah and that's ba- the best signal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you good? Yeah. And, and based on whatever you say, now I know whether I can, all right, cool, I'm about to be in this meeting for about an hour, so either I need to drive to him after I get out of this meeting, I need to send him another text, or I need to call, but something else needs to happen based on your response. Mm-hmm. Versus you good and me just doing it for the sake of doing it, and then not following up. But definitely being intentional and checking and 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 making sure. Like if you tell me, yeah, we we straight, and that's not how you typically respond. I remember saying this a couple of shows ago. Then I need to be more intentional. Now, gotcha. granted, I, I'm not going to be a dentist and I'm not going to pull it out of you. Yeah. But if I know you well enough, I should be able to pick up on stuff if I'm paying attention, right? If you're in my circle and I call you friend or I call you my brother, I call you my sister or whatever. Like if there's a connection or a relationship there, I should be able to pay attention to what's going on around me. I shouldn't be so distracted with getting likes on a social media post to where I can't even communicate and support the people who are real to me. And so when we we think about taking a pause in the heat of the moment, uh, being bold and communicating, and not only 
receiving that communication, but if you have people who are in um, jeopardy of losing it to be intentional and um, reaching out and pursuing that communication, um, what else can we do to climb this mountain of, of toxic masculinity, man? What else can we do? Communicate, take a pause for the cause and, and, and regroup. Um, what, are, what are some other skill set, uh, tools that we can leverage in order to uh, address a massive problem? Because it's, it's truly a wicked problem that won't be solved overnight. You said something earlier um, about having a cool head, right? And you were dealing with someone that um, is frustrated or having a problem and they want to handle something right now. And so that goes back to the pause, but also figuring out what is it that I need to do to get out of this space that I'm in, but I need to be able to recognize the space that I'm in. Got it. And so if I'm angry, but that's, that's normal for me, like that's my normal, I'm, I'm angry, then I'm not going to be able to recognize that I need help getting out of this angry space. If I'm sad, disappointed, if I'm hurt, like, I need to be able to identify the space that I'm in so that I can get out of it. Because if you don't, if, like, if I don't know how to get out of a place I don't know how to describe. Yeah. And so being able to, for instance, if I'm angry, I need to take a step away. You pissed me off in the middle of a conversation. I need to, going back to that pause, but I also need to communicate. But I'm taking, okay, cool. Don't follow me. I need a moment. Mm-hmm to gather yourself, right? And so if you need to go to the gym because you're angry, you need to get this aggression out your system. If you're angry, then you need to process why you're angry, like figuring out the why. Why, yeah. am, I, why am I in this place? What is this space that I'm in? Is this a place that I need to be in? Is this place gonna help me come to resolve? Is this place gonna make me act without thinking about the, the viable consequences that can ensue because of this? Or, right, is this place that I'm in, this, I've never been in this place, so I, now I need more time to, before I come back to this table or have this conversation because I'm upset, right? Or do I just limit my accessibility so I can do some inner assessment? And I think that's a lot of the, a lot of the issues is we're too connected to too many things, mm-hmm. right? And so if I'm connected to a bad source, then nothing good is going to come out of that. And so being able to disconnect. So you're pausing, you're communicating, but I also need to disconnect. I need to, I need to get, get away from things that aren't providing me with a positive energy to function as a man. Or, rec- or recognize that you need to disconnect. Yeah. 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 And I think that may be the first step. Like if, for instance, um, thinking about your social media, for the most part, most of the people that you're connected to, you, you can have 4,000 friends or followers. And then you can, like, if you, you can see that 2,000 of them are seeing your posts but only your friends are the ones that's hitting the like button. Mm-hmm. But if your friends are thinking the same way that you're thinking, 
and they're going to pump you up or they're going to provide, you know, they can provide you with information that's going to provide ammunition to your situation, then I need to disconnect. I got some friends that are real ratchet and I love them because, you know, every, <laughs> every now and then you got to, you got to be ratchet with your friends. Yeah. But I, there's a line, like, I can't go to certain friends for certain things. Like, I, I know right now there's a list of individuals that I cannot go to when I need to have a deep uh, spiritual conversation. And I recognize that. But I don't love them any differently. Or when you're hurt, man. You know, like, I, I, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go to um, uh, my cousin if if someone did me harm, mm -hmm. because I know for a fact that they would want to go pull out the AR and go handle the situation. Real, real talk. Real, I mean, that's legit. <laughs> and, and you and, and you gonna say whatever it is, and they're gonna be like, say less. Yes. Don't don't he stay over and then it's done. And you like, bro, that's not what I'm asking you to do. So yeah. right, recognizing who is our go-to person or who do we not need to be connected to when we are experiencing whatever we're experiencing. Mm -hmm. If I'm in a relationship, I'm not going to go to someone that is anti-relationship. Yeah. Or I'm not going to go and get relationship advice from someone that can't stay in a relationship. Or if I'm in a financial situation, I ain't going to go to someone that, that, that can't hold on to a dollar longer than five minutes. Gotta get those new Gucci, gotta get them new Gucci, yeah. man. Right. Like I just you got a land rover, but you still got a landlord. I can't I, I I can't go to you for financial advice if you're telling me to drop all this money on some new shoes or something, and I'm telling you I gotta pay for my master's degree. And so being able to now I'm not saying to get rid of those people, but you have to be mindful of what you're going to certain people for. Like, I'm not going to go to the dentist if I broke my foot. He's a doctor, though, right? Yeah. He knows how to prescribe stuff for medicine, but this is a different specialty. And so, and this even goes into, like, family, right? Every There's some family members that you can't go to for certain things. Like, when I was upset, uh, there was a lady that... Um, in, in the town that I went to school in, she adopted a lot of us that went to the church. But whenever you would tell her a problem, she would just say, oh, baby, it'll be all right by and by. And you, I would, she would tell me that a few times. I wanted to shake her. Like, no, like, by and by ain't going to help me in, in the here and now. Like, yeah. this is a real life situation. And, and I get it. I get what she was coming from. She was telling me, she was giving me some old school wisdom. She basically was telling me it's gonna work itself out, and when it does, you're gonna be good. It may not, it I don't know when, but it'll be all right eventually. Yeah. But in that moment, that's not what I needed to hear. And so recognizing what it is that you need to hear. Now, if I'm ready, <laughs> that's a bad example. I ain't gonna give that example. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, but you gave a good example. Like your cousin, he ready, he ready to ride. Nah, he ready, and that's that's legit. Don't care. He stay ready. Yeah. Don't go to sleep all the way at night just in case his phone ring because he ready. Yeah. And it's good to have them, those people who stay ready in your bag. It's, it's good to have them on speed out, but I can't call them for everything. 
I tell him that my my manager is pissing me off and he ready. Hey, don't don't they kids play at the park after school? You be like, bro, come on, that's not right. you know what? <laughs> but then you know, part of me is like, yeah, they do, and they got red and white on the day, right? And so you have to be able to know who can you go to with your problem. Because if, if you never experience what I'm going through, you can only give me a generalized response. Now, when you when you pause and you communicate and you recognize and recognize probably has to come before pause and, and the, the way that um, this conversation is going. Um, what does one have to do if they're not already accustomed to recognizing their emotions and pausing to get uh, a better understanding of what's going on or if they're fearful of communicating vulnerabilities. As men, you know, I, I made a joke a couple of shows ago, you know, we cry in the dark, but a lot of times at some point we have to start somewhere in order to, um, address our emotions so that they won't hinder our progress in life. Um, what does one need to do to get beyond themselves and over themselves to um, not be fearful of communicating these different vulnerabilities or these emotions? I wouldn't even call them vulnerability. To really just communicate your emotions is something that we haven't been raised or trained to do. What's the first step, man? Like, what, what is it that, that we have to do to get over that hurdle to at least start the process? That's a good question, Kevin. And I think the first step is gonna look different depending on what you've been exposed to. Mm. And so if I've never been exposed to anyone expressing emotion, if I've never been exposed to anyone sitting down having a conversation and like talking shit out, if I've never been exposed to any of that, I, I'm not gonna know what to do. However, I'm I am going to see people around me that you know look like they got it together. Yeah, right. I am going to see people who um, can com can com can communicate when they're angry, and it's going to probably look really weird to me, and I'm going to think something's wrong. But if if I've never seen it, then you gotta you gotta go outside of your circle to get it. And an example of that would be. I needed something for a recipe. I was cooking. Um, I had different uh, Peruvian style recipe, right? And uh, I went to the grocery store that was closest to my house because I really was lazy and didn't feel like driving too far. So I go there and I asked for it. And the woman was like, yeah, we don't have any of that here. All right, bet. So I go to another grocery store. She was like, ah. Uh, you might have to go to X, Y, and Z. So I knew that that was going to be an even longer drive. So I called before I got there. And it's like, no, we don't have it. I had to drive 35 minutes away to get one ingredient that I needed for my recipe. And I was thinking, how often do we go to the convenience store or do we go to someone that's so close to us to get something that we need, but they still don't have it. And so recognizing that if nobody in my circle was able to have a conversation, if nobody in my circle was able to express or explain, describe, or 
properly manage their emotions, then I need to go to someone outside of my circle. But then that comes trust and vulnerability, right? Do I yeah. trust this individual that I'm about to communicate one of my vulnerabilities with? And I think we need to get rid of this pretense that everyone is going to judge me. Um, no, I'm not going to go here and tell them this because they're going to think of me like this, or they're going to think that I can't do this. And, you know, I'm, I'm still a man and I'm like, like, mm-hmm. I need you to get rid of that. You get, you got to let it go. You, like, oh, they're going, they're going to see me like this. It doesn't really matter how they see me. And a lot of this stuff is, you know, we are creating excuses as to why we can't get help or we are creating excuses as to why we're not going to talk about it. And I, and, and I think, and I think that's, that's part of the issue. We know that 7-Eleven ain't going to have what I need. We know that, the, <laughs> right? We know that 7-Eleven ain't going to have what I need, but you know, everybody else go to 7-Eleven. So that's where I'm going to go to. And so you walking around 7-Eleven looking for something that you know, damn well ain't even in 7-Eleven. I got into that. I got into that uh, that scenario about a year ago, man. Went to a 7-Eleven because I needed toilet paper. <laughs> and don't you believe that 7-Eleven didn't have a roll of toilet paper to be found? The brother at the counter um, going to tell me, well, yeah, you're welcome to use our bathroom. No, I don't need to use your bathroom. I just need a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> so when you think about um, that, that that scenario, we need to go beyond being uh, convenient. Conven- we need to go beyond convenience. We need yeah. to go beyond our comfort zone. We need to um, really try to explore um, diverse circles to get the, the help and support that we need. And so um, toxic masculinity, uh, part two, if you will, the Game Recognized Game podcast with RLJ and Kev. And uh, we're just trying to put out and speak some truth to power of um, tools that um, men can use in order to avoid uh, dire situations and dealing with our emotions. So uh, one is is pause for the cause, take a step back, breathe, uh, because chances are that three to 10 seconds will help you uh, make drastically different decisions um, in the long run. Communicate what your emotions are and feel feel empowered to communicate and express what is your truth. Um, Get over yourself as it relates to you feeling judged or feeling that someone is going to um, hold what you tell them uh, against you, um, making sure that you can communicate vulnerable moments, and more importantly, really recognizing when your anger or your emotions are getting out of hand um, so that you can seek the necessary support that you need to avoid uh, situations that occur to uh, our beloved brother, Nipsey Hussle. Um, I'm glad that we had this follow-up, Brother Jay, because I really feel that it's um, an ongoing conversation and uh, a process in life that 
in order for us to be successful and get to the promised land where we need to go, we have to uh, adopt a process that's going to make us better human beings, that's going to make us more um, susceptible to love versus um, ego. Right. I, I think that there's a, a, a fine line between uh, being and showcasing love versus showcasing um, what's more so ego driven. Um, and so I, I, I don't know if we have uh, solved the problem. Um, I just know that we need to make this a constant conversation to um, recognize when um, some BS is going on and that we really do need to be better as a people. Absolutely. And I and if you you don't feel like you have anyone within your within your reach who you can contact, a lot of people are following individuals on social media. Um, reach out to them. Um, definitely mm -hmm. hit us up on our social media uh, website or our email if you want to get in contact. We may not be able to answer your question, but we can definitely point you into the direction of someone. And if you are more interested in having a conversation um, with someone in person, hey, we connected with people all over the place. And if we can't get you um, connected with someone, someone within our network can. And so I think just being able to take down this toxic masculinity wall that yeah. we aren't aware that we are being masons of and realizing that it, it's time to bring this wall down for our wellness. And without it, right? If, if it's not a village, Malcolm X said, you know, when, when the I changes the we, our illness will turn into wellness. But you can't do everything by yourself. And for, for those listeners that want to reach out uh, to the Game Recognize Game podcast with RLJ and Kev, um, feel free to shoot us an email at GRG. R-L-J-K-E-B at gmail.com uh, for more information and for more uh, guidance on really just how to maneuver, man, how to maneuver. Um, that brother died at 33 years old um, with a, a beautiful family, small children, and it shouldn't have happened. It shouldn't have happened. And I, I just wish that um, more of us can um, come to the table and have these levels of conversations, be vulnerable, and um, discuss what's truly going on, um, not only in our minds, but also in our communities. And so um, we're gonna wrap that up and package that in a bow. And uh, did you get a chance to listen to the new Marvin Gaye album? My brother. <laughs> Let me tell you something about Marvin. So I put it on while I was in the office and um, as I typically do with new albums, I put them on when I'm in a place to where I can just let the whole thing ride. Um, from start to finish, I, I'm already I'm already a Marvin Gaye fan, so yeah, I was expecting I was expecting to hear that Marvin Gaye sound, but that listen listen I, I I'm not sure why they weren't released. I'm not sure who made the decision or why the decision was made to hold them as long as they did. Yeah. Um, 
However, what I will say is whomever made that decision was listening um, to the ancestors and the angels because they knew that that whole entire era couldn't take everything Marvin was giving them. Yeah, yeah. They they knew that some of this stuff was needed for today to help bring back that 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 sound, that soulful gold that he presented. There's a few, there's a few on there that that are slammed, bro. Hey, hey man, I, I just think um I was very pleased with the album because uh it's funny that it's it's 2019 and we're talking about a new Marvin Gate album right. dropped. And uh he's been gone for far yeah. longer than 35 years. And so uh April 2nd uh would have been uh Marvin Gaye's 80th birthday though. Uh-huh. And I believe he got shot the day after his birthday. Yeah, 80th birthday, April 2nd, man. Yep. So um, a few of the standout tracks on the album for me um, was Piece of Clay. Brother, um, listen, Leo, oh that, that you, yeah. know, you know that joint, that joint, I was like, oh, I can use this right here. Just, yeah, man. That analogy yeah. was, whew. Yeah, Piece of Clay, definitely a standout for me. Um, uh, the Salam Remy remixes, uh, the one that sticks out is My Last Chance. Oh, okay. Ooh, some old school, like, yeah, My Last Chance to ask you for this dance. Like, gentlemen, if you don't know how to talk to a woman uh, in a social setting, uh, check out My Last Chance off the You're the Man album by Marvin Gaye. Uh, it would definitely give you some guidance on how to uh, break down those barriers to be able to communicate because that song right there, man, I said, I, I was listening to that song. You know, I like Hennessy. I didn't have any at the time. <laughs> Hennessy, I, uh, I need to make a Marvin Gaye playlist, man. And so that's what I've been doing to kind of get me out of the funk of the week that I had. I made okay. an awesome Marvin Gaye playlist that was a compilation of uh, this, this current album, uh, What's Going On, Let's Get It On, and uh, I Want You. And so, man, I... Hey, that that's gonna be uh, some very uh, tranquil and uh, meditating music that I'll be listening to for the week to come until we meet again. Yeah, man, it, it was it was real smooth. And you were talking about favorite Christmas songs once before. The, yeah. The uh, I want to come home for Christmas is probably one of my favorite Christmas songs. Yeah. Neo redid it for the Best Man Holiday soundtrack. Gotcha. Right, and so I was like, yo, I thought. So, so that was Neo. That wasn't Marvin. Neo originally, Neo did it for the, the movie, but Marvin, you know, Marvin's version was first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think, I mean, I remember hearing it, but then when Neo, you know, Neo added some soul to it, but then, you know, the Marvin Gaye version, that's 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 it. And so when I heard it on this album, I didn't look at any of the, the titles. I hit play and close the screen down and just let it ride. And like, yo, I was in here distracted, couldn't focus, jamming, <laughs> jamming. Yeah, man, so hey, soul music not dead, man. Shout out to Marvin Gaye and his estate and his family for blessing us with that gem. I hope they got some more they can bless us with. I hope yeah, so. man, I, I don't know. I, I, would, I would hope so too, um, because it was, it was a pleasant surprise, um, it, just in terms of the, how it was put together. And the message and the fact that the uh, most of the songs were recorded, I believe, in 1972, mm -hmm. and the "You're the, the You're the Man" title track was so uh, current 
based on our current uh, political climate. And so, right. yeah, de definitely uh, is going to be in my rotation yeah. the following weeks. Oh, it's been in my rotation since the first time I listened to it. Like every day I'm listening to, to one of them. But uh, Piece of Clay, Symphony is my joint. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, what was the other one? Um, Try It, You'll Like It. That joint go hard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. So, you know, hopefully uh, on the, the Game Recognized Gang podcast with RLJ and Kev, you know, we'll put you on to some things that we really enjoy because we feel that you're going to enjoy them as well as our listeners. And so uh, we got a couple of great um, topics of discussion. We're going to have some special guests that will be joining us uh, the next uh, few editions. Uh, we're going to bring some we're going to bring the sisters perspectives in the house. Uh, we'll be talking about finance and uh, why why is personal finance important, and so all the things that just as a community we need to be aware of, so that we can just be better, man. That's the goal of the show. Absolutely. As far as why we came together, and uh, RLJ, anything else you want to add? Man, listen, just 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 let's just let's just get it on like marvin said gay said let's just get it on like just get it on just whatever it is you need to do to take care of yourself um you know everything in social media or the news is telling us otherwise that we we don't have it or that our lives don't matter just do what you was called to do just if you you got a family pay attention right raise your family if you in school get the degree, if you at your job, if you out here in search of your next quest, look in places that you haven't looked before. Just, it's, it's time for us to get better and do better so we can be better. Man, and, and on that note, we'll, we'll stick to the Marvin Gaye theme. You know, understand what's going on and let's get it on, man. Let's be better, let's do better, and let's be better for one another. And so on that note, uh, this is the Game Recognized Game Podcast with RLJ. And Kev, I'm Kev, that's RLJ, and we are the gentlemen advancing the melanin, melanin evolution. When evolution is revolution. Until next time, be blessed.